Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process in discussions between the authors, narrators, producers, and post-production teams that bring them all together, as well as guests who have listened to the audiobooks and have questions for the creative teams. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. I'm really excited to have with me today Kathleen Klug, author of Start With One, A Simple Approach to Upgrade Your Health, Body, Mind, and Spirit. Kathleen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you about your project, your book, and let's get started. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your background and like what first turned your attention to health and wellness. Did you always eat your vegetables when you were a kid is one of my first questions. Well, that's funny. Going back to when I was a kid, I'm one of eight kids and Uh we were so deprived of all that quote unquote Good food, you know, all the junk Mm. food and all the sugary cereals. We felt very deprived because we just never had them in our house. Um. And as a kid, you have to have a sleepover (laughs) in order to to have those. And so, no, we didn't get, we never had junk food. We didn't go through fast food. And as a kid, of course, that's what you want. But of course, later on, I'm very grateful. That was not a habit that I ever knew. I didn't know that kind of food. But yes, I started actually in the field of fitness and movement in the early 80s. Mm. And it's 40 years ago. And I know I grew up in this wellness field because it wasn't a field back then. It evolved and I evolved with it. But yeah, I started very early, quite young, teaching and leading classes. And it progressed to doing some training and then becoming a an instructor, trainer, and, you know, it evolved in nutrition. And in the meantime, all this was happening, everything was evolving and it became an industry. Yes. And and so it's, yeah, we started with the leg warmers at Jack LaLanne's, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> a lot of people don't remember Jack LaLanne, but he was a pioneer and an icon. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Always talking about uh, mental health, being positive, eating well, eating full foods and exercising. And really, he was teaching integrated health at that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, tell me if I'm off base here, but I feel like it seemed like many people perceived him as a little bit on the oddball side because he was so into all of that. And we as a culture hadn't really recognized its importance yet. Absolutely. He truly was ahead of his time. He was out there by himself. Yeah. Really. And he always was known for his jumper suits, right? Right. His unit tards. And he was, his energy was just off the hook. He believed and had such a passion and he communicated that. Yeah. And of course he had his weekly or daily shows on TV. Yeah. So he was a pioneer in so many ways, and he really was teaching integrative health But because he, he was ta- talking about the mind and being grateful and eating with your family and all these really core values of overall health. And right. so, yeah, he was out there. He was probably considered odd and funny 
he, he was one that started it all and really brought it to the masses because he did open up a series of gyms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where I started in the early 80s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I've been really involved ever since. I mean, it, I have evolved in different positions in it. Right now, I'm a health educator at Kaiser and I'm IIN nutritional health coach. And mm-hmm. so I'm not doing the classes and the personal training and all that I have done for so many years. And then intermixed with that during this time of life and all these decades, I was in the field of alcohol and drug abuse education and early prevention. And I went on to get my degree in addiction studies. Mm. I had my family. And, you know, what I see is nothing is wasted on this road to wherever today brings you. These, all these, the evolution of who we are and the education, especially if we're learners. Right. We think this doesn't have anything to do with this, but it does. And so here we are with this idea of integrative wellness, functional wellness. Yeah. And it's, it is starting to explode. It's starting to get out. And that's really exciting. Yeah. 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 So as a health coach, what kinds of issues and results, what kinds of things are you seeing maybe on a more regular basis? What are some of these trends that you experience as a coach? I think the trend is bringing in the mindset into the skill sets of behavior change. And that's really what inspired me to write this book because I'm always reading. I love to learn. I'm a forever learner. And there's a lot of books. There's some in the recent years that have became very popular about habit change. And they got a lot of notice and they're really good. We need skill sets in order to change behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. And mindset. So I think the mindset is being recognized as just as important as whatever tools you have where you write it down and you get your buddy system and all these things that we can do to really support behavior change. Even on a behavior science level, we know these work. Right. We must have the mindset. And so that's where I felt really inspired to connect that. And then one other thing is the idea of that soulful work of our self-image or self-worth, being kind to self, showing Mm -hmm. grace to self. Because I think those are the three pillars of behavior change is you need the tools to, I don't know how to eat. Okay, this is what Mm -hmm. you're going to eat. How to be. This is like our soul, our, our self. And then, of course, how to think. So I think that overall, mindset is coming into every field. Yeah, yeah. For me, I really wanted to incorporate the tool set of behavior change with the mindset covered with the idea of self-kindness, grace, self-compassion. Because I see people... and. They've done this before. I do work with some very sick people mm-hmm. who've been really challenged in unhealthy behaviors for decades. Right. And they come to, to start to make some behavior change and they might have some early success and it feels good, but life happens. Yeah. And they fall and they quote unquote fail. Mm-hmm. And then the sinking and this beating themselves up or I knew I couldn't do it or. 
who did I think I was going to be healthy or all these messages that they've been carrying in their soul and their gut and every their head. Right. And they're not, they don't know how to overcome it. Right. And right. So my message is that the failing is part of the learning. It is 100% of the people that will have these experiences that will fall and drift and fail. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So really giving permission for that failing. So many people grow up with that driving message of not being enough, not being good enough, not being that it's not okay. So this is really, it sounds like you're really seeing that play out. And so interesting when you were telling me that about your experience and history with addiction and those behaviors that are often come out of those very messages that are drilled into kids, I say, frequently, sadly. Absolutely. And these are, I've heard the analogy of here we are born in this perfect little baby bodies and there's a branding station right there, right? <laughs> yeah. And you get branded and these labels are, this is your ethnicity, boom. And this is your religion. And this is what yeah. how you're going to look, see yourself. And we get these. It's just the way it is. We get these from our family, from our culture, from society. Right. We go to school and we get them. And then it doesn't have to be an external thing at some point because we have said, yeah, okay, that's right. That's right. who I am. Because we are open. We come in open. That's right. Yeah. So we then start branding and reinforcing the branding ourselves. Yeah. And yeah, so certainly I'm not enough and I'm, I don't deserve this or right. I'm not worthy. I'm ugly. I'm too this. I'm too that. And these last a lifetime. Yeah. Yes. I think they get expressed. The end result is expressed in many different ways, often food, often alcohol or drugs. But take a look at anything and you will see people having issues with we, we know that there's the internet and there's lots of different issues that people have. Bad relationships, staying yeah. in, in abusive relationships, being an abuser or somebody who is being abused. So yeah, it's very complicated. Yeah. This yeah. is why, again, I go back to just grace and remembering who we are and that we're just doing the best we can and, and that we have to keep getting up. Yeah. And we have to keep believing in ourselves that we can do this. Change is hard until it's not anymore. Because that in itself is a story we tell ourselves, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. One of those the core beliefs are the ones that we don't recognize as beliefs, right? They're the ones that just are our operating system. That's just the way it is. That is. And the behaviors that drive the results in our life yeah. are almost all unconscious thinking and beliefs. And you're right. Oh, this is so hard. Oh, I hate exercise. Oh, I don't even like to drink water. Oh, and all these little things that we need to do to move into health yeah, or anything positive. And when one is telling themselves, oh, I hate exercise. Well, if you tell yourself that over and over, you're not going to do something you hate. So it's the mind, it's the thinking, it's the, the beliefs behind the thinking. So I do think that there there is an awareness that's coming into many different fields for change and for kind of this awakening of doing things differently. Because yeah. not only are we, we have this kind of self-oppression, I'll call mm -hmm. this negative self-talk, self-image, these unhealthy behaviors, but we also have a system, say, of food 
or healthcare, I'll say, that is not helping the situation. So in order for those things to change, we must demand this change saying, yeah, the food or the products that you are making and making affordable, they have poison in them. Yeah. We're not going to accept that, but we have to, we have to be educated and we have to rise up to know that this isn't okay for us anymore. Yeah. 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 As you got started in, so you said you started in fitness and then I'm wondering if it always seemed this way or if you had some kind of aha moment or experience when it became clear to you that the mind and the spirit were really having, really do have an impact on our health. Was that something that you were aware of when you were young? Were you finding that there were, for like Jack Lane, was an influence that sort of brought that awareness more clearly in focus for you? You know, I think I, looking back, I think that I've always known this intuitively, but I've worked with so many women and with starting in movement, I'll say, whatever kind of movement it was. Mm -hmm. And I've done lots of different training and teaching and formats. I saw people get better Mm -hmm. when they moved regularly. And of course, we know now, we know more than we used to know how walking, how regular exercise helps the brain, it helps the gut, it helps you feel better. Talk about sense of self. Your moods are better. It helps hormonal balance. And so, and even though we didn't know that, I saw women get better. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the first witnessing of that. And, And I saw it over and over and over again. And so I think that was my research before science was saying, everything. Of course, we've always known it's good, but we didn't know to the extent. We didn't know that exercise, exercise was one of the best things you can do for your brain, for example. You know, all the longevity and the brain science is, what's the best thing I can do? Move. Yeah. So we didn't know that then, but I saw it. I saw it unfold in front of me. Yeah. And I think we also grew up with this, the whole Newtonian model of we're distinct parts that, oh, somehow the mind is distinct from the body. And yet, of course, it's not where we are fully integrated. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. What kind of trends are you seeing in terms of the health consciousness? You talked a little bit about this early on, that we are seeing this sort of explosion. Can you talk just a little bit more about what you're seeing in terms of the problems we're currently dealing with and then what you see us at where we're going forward from here? Yes, I I do hope that it's an awakening and an explosion. I really do. I see it in my little corner of the world. I know that in many corners it's not happening, and I do work with a lot of those people. We have some new drugs on the market that are being, that have been seen as becoming very popular for decreasing the appetite. And when you are desperate to lose weight, you will take, you'll do anything, right? Right. So these new drugs are very promising for people who want to do that. But are they? Right. They're very new. They were not, they did not start out to be drugs to help obese people lose weight or to decrease appetite. Mm -hmm. But what they have found, first of all, they're very expensive. Mm -hmm. You have to take them indefinitely. Early studies are showing that you have greater muscle loss as you take them versus fat loss. So when people lose weight, ideally they want to lose fat weight, right? 
Right. There's muscle mass being lost. So I think we're going to find a lot more. So there's a trend for that. And there'll always be a trend for a pill, Mm -hmm. for the magic pill. Right. And right now that might be what is seen as a magic pill until they find that it's really not the magic pill. Right. But there'll always be trends for that. Right now, I think we're going to see a great demand before it goes down. And before it settles into the actual people that it's really designed for. I, this is what I hope. The other trend, I think, is, again, like I said, it's bringing this integrated mindful awareness mm-hmm. into. Uh, and so like there's new apps, like there's Noom and there's other type of programming that has more mindful awareness connected to behavior change as it relates to health and diet and exercise and those kind of behaviors. So I I think it's going in both directions. We have yeah. the magic pill will always be wanted and there'll always be a demand. And then something like this that is, that is fairly new right now coming, there's a lot of attention. And so there's a lot of excitement towards that. Yeah. And then there's the other side of, that's also growing. Well, let's do it this way. So yeah, you know, we'll always have a, if people will always be looking for the magic pill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming back to your book, it's called Start With One. Uh-huh. So tell us a little bit more about that title, why you chose it, what it means to you. We'll say I did not have a book like in my brain all these years. Mm-hmm. I love reading and I love learning. And I feel like I have something to say. I have gotten in front of a, a lot of people over the years in many different capacities. So I certainly have something to say when I'm out in front of people or I'm doing classes or a lecture. But I didn't think of writing a book. And then it literally, I think it was a divine calling. And I remember questioning it like, why should I write this book on, on habit change? There's so many out there. Mm-hmm. And I really identified mine felt different because of the grace and the kindness that has to be that third part in it. But I didn't know what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was very unorganized in my head. So I actually worked with Azul at Authors Who Lead, I had a consultation with him. Uh-huh. And he had me do a mind map exercise. Nice. And he said, put this idea right in the center of this paper, your idea, and then put the, like the branches of what that looks like and use colors and draw. And I said, okay. So I did it and we met and he told me, he said, tell me about it. So I was telling him about it and what, you know, like just start with a walk, you know, just Keep it simple. Just start with walk when it, in the exercise. Just start with eating an apple a day with recycling. Just start recycling your plastic or better yet, don't buy it. Switch to glass or environment or relationships. Start telling somebody every day that you love them or wake up and say gratitude. And I was saying, start with one, start with one, start with one. I didn't even know I was saying it. <laughs> and he came back to me and says, well, so you keep saying start with one. And I was like, I do. And by the time we hung up, I knew my title. Oh, nice. Because that was my message. It can be overwhelming because we got our physical health, our spiritual health, our emotional health. We got our family, our work, our food, our nutrition, or everything that life is. And mm-hmm. it's a balance and it can be overwhelming. And so people go, I don't know where to start. I just, I don't even know. It's too much. Forget about it. Yeah. So my message is start with one. Just pick one thing in one area. That's it. And so that, that was my message. And I thought, okay, that's how I'm going to address it. Yeah. And that feels really doable. 
It feels kind. It feels sustainable. And when we have success, we want more success. And that's what we want to try to build. And we want to experience the success. Yes. And we have to do that through really doable, achievable, small goals. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So what impact do you see your book and your coaching, frankly, you know, your message having in the world so far? And also, what would you like to see? I want us as a people to get back to the integration of our body, minds, and spirits. And my message is a part of that through education, identifying ways to do that. I, what, it, what does that mean? Like eating whole foods and not processed foods. That's the f- so far away from this integration with our environment and our world, starting with one and a little by little and bringing confidence back. But really about the joy of growing and becoming. Because when we learn and we change, we, this is the growing and becoming. We are different people than we were last year, 10 years ago, 40 years ago. We are very different. Yeah. And the idea is we are either growing or we're dying. If you think about this in life, right? You're either, or you're going forward or you're going back. We do not stay still for very long. Yeah. So if you are not actively doing something to march forward and that i don't know what that is it could be anything but then you are sliding back because this is this is how it goes you don't stay at standstill nothing stands still yeah but i wa- i want to teach this idea of and i want people to fall in love with growing with continuing to become healthier connected integrated beings with our environment with each other and i want the message of grace and love to be over that because that is needed to persist with the difficult times to keep going and to, and we're only going to see change if we persist. So it's really, it's kindness towards self, towards, of course, because we don't give away what we don't have. So we start with ourselves and find the grace and the kindness and the self-love to, to fall and to fail and to grow and to learn and understand that this is perfect because I'm learning. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And having that coming to where we as a people are starting to experience that, what do you see that impact as what, like what will that impact do for us as a people? Well, of course, I will say, save us. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. I know that's a big, but we have gotten way off track. Yeah. I believe in many ways. And we're all doing the best we can. I know that. Mm-hmm. But our food system is very broken. Right. Our healthcare system is very, very broken. And we want that magic pill. Instead of doing the things that we are made to do, move and eat well, whole foods, instead of hugging people every day, showing appreciation and gratitude and meeting together to encourage and to love. We want a magic pill. And we think a magic pill is going to bring us health, and it's not. So stop seeking this idea outside of ourselves, and really come back to our the soulful living of health, 
So if we do this one by one, mm-hmm. the idea of we don't give away what we don't have, as we become more loving and grace-filled and healthier, we then give that away. We just, we share, we start making healthier meals. We have people over, we connect with people because of that. So this is not the answer. I'm not suggesting that. But it is definitely something that needs to happen so we can get healthier as a people. Right. And part of it is certainly making those positive changes. Okay. Also, look at, we have a lot of depression. We have a lot of mental illness. Okay. And of course, science is showing gut health, brain health, right? Yeah. Yep. Moves. And so we're learning more and more. So we're not going to be able to point our finger out, out, out. We're going to say, oh, this really is yeah, what I'm eating. And then I'm not moving. And then I'm on my phone all day. Or So right. I, I almost think sometimes we have to like crash in order to wake up. Yeah. And very empowering too, because the idea, you know, when we point out at all the things that we can blame for our own lack of well-being, we're giving away all of that power. So absolutely, I love that that your content, your message, that, that you are empowering each of us to take one action at a time yeah. to be able to restore our own well-being and to keep getting healthier. So that's, that's right. Yeah. Start with one. Yeah, that's right. Lovely. Yeah. What's your aspiration with the book, the audiobook, your coaching going forward? Anything, as you said, we're either going forward or we're going backwards. So what do you see moving forward? What's up for you? I believe that this is my message mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I'm so passionate about it. I believe in it deeply. I believe that people need to hear it. And I think that the spirit behind it in me is about inspiring people to start with one thing, to start a momentum in -hmm. their own health. Mm -hmm. So I want to go out there and bring this message to more people. So through the book, through my group coaching, and through speaking. And I, I this is really a funny thing, because like I said, I didn't have this book in me. And now I'm thinking, oh, I think I have another book. Yeah, great. (laughs) I don't know. I think that happens. You tell me. Yeah, what happens? It is what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a short pause. Let's talk about the audiobook production process when we come back. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working with authors who have a big goal in mind. They really want to reach out to their audience around the world. We're here to help make that happen. It starts with our pre-production process, where we're evaluating and determining what elements of the audiobook we can leverage to both create an excellent listener experience for your listeners as well as drawing them to your website to engage with you further. It continues on through the production process, making decisions that will enhance and support your big goals, as well as creating a great listener experience. But we don't stop there. Once the audiobook is live, we move on to helping you market your audiobook with the Audiobook Marketing Program. Come check us out at proaudiovoices.com. To schedule a call to talk about your audiobook project, click on Get Started. Okay, so Kathleen, you had Lisa Brandt do your audiobook narration, and I think she did a beautiful job narrating the audiobook. If you can think back to the beginning of the process about when you were listening to the different auditions, was there something 
about Lisa's audition that really drew you to select her to narrate your book? I was really grateful to have a lot of choices. Yeah. Thank you. You guys were really putting it out there. That was really helpful. The first process, because I did have, I had many, was a process of elimination. Mm -hmm. So I listened to them and some were like, no, I just knew right away, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. It was just my intuition. Mm -hmm. And then it, and then I narrowed it down. Yeah. And I think Lisa, it was just really, it was just a gut, it was just really a gut call. Yeah. I, I didn't meet her before that, mm-hmm. which was good. Uh-huh. But I think it was just a, it was just a gut call. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to have your words spoken by somebody else. Yes. But she did a great job. She did a great job. And obviously she's quite the professional as you all guys are over there. Pro audio. It, this process was really seamless. And just kept moving and it was quick and I, I knew nothing. I really totally relied on you guys. So yeah. I appreciate all that you did. And yeah, it was an easy process and I'm really grateful for how Lisa was able to do it and the end result. That's great. So I'm going to ask this question. You may have already answered it, but is there anything else I'll say about the process of producing the audiobooks that kind of stands out to you? Well, I really was thankful for all the different, and I did mention this, all the different voices that I did get to hear. Yeah. Reading my book, reading Mm -hmm. a portion of it, a small portion of it. Mm -hmm. Because it gave me a perspective. I do a lot of audiobooks. And so I think I I listened to the samples Mm -hmm. with my headphones in, because that's how I listen to my books, my audiobooks. And I just, ha- I feel like I had a lot of samples to choose from. So I did appreciate that. Really, I guess what stands out too is I know nothing about what's going on mm-hmm. and that it was just, you guys just took care of everything. I still don't know what's, I still don't know. <laughs> I, and, you know, I was very comfortable and very confident in how this moved and is still moving. Yeah. And I have, I heard you before I called you. Uh-huh. Okay. And I got your name from somebody else who was doing an audio book. I don't, it was actually, if my sister had a friend who was doing or something. So yeah. he's the one that referred me. So I started listening and I thought, okay, she sounds like she knows what she's doing. And, right. and you do. And, and no joke. Yeah. And I really just handed it to you all and, and there it is. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a, a delight working with you. Is there anything that you felt was like, surprising about the process because we have a lot of listeners who are authors who are you know thinking about audiobook production and what is involved what's it all mean and so different people will be surprised by different aspects of the process so it's nice to explore that area if there's anything that jumps out at you is oh yeah that surprised me I didn't know that was going to be like that well I didn't know anything and I know Mm -hmm. I, I really honestly still don't can you like can it kind of give me some ideas of what you have in mind and then I can Sure, like the review process, like what that might be like just to listen to your voice in first person coming out of somebody else's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it was an interesting process. 
And the whole editing through the, when I got the audio back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and editing that, hearing my words yeah. through somebody else. Yeah, I think so. And I think the whole editing process, it's very high tech, which is pretty amazing. This is your world. You probably, this is just what you do, but it's yeah. very high tech for my end. Yeah. I don't, I never knew how this all came together. And just to clarify for our listeners that it, you were not editing, but you were actually reviewing the edited files. Yes, that's right. See, yeah. there you go. I just want to make sure. <laughs> Great. Yes. Well, it's been very seamless, I will say that. Right. So I'm really appreciative. And I felt like I just handed it to you. And it's been seamless and easy for me on my end. Good. Interesting. I've learned from the process. And I'm glad that I didn't have to figure it all out. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And how can our listeners learn more about you and your writing? What's your website? Where would, where should they go? Well, I have, for my personal website, it's KathleenKlug.com. And then I have KathleenKlugBook.com, which is where my book is and my landing page for my book. And I also have an e-course that I have put together. Oh, good. For people who find either they want to just do a video some people learn with video and audio better yeah, and want a little more guidance and watching. Mm-hmm. So I have that and that kind of walks through the process of the start with one, from the food to the exercise and all that. So yeah, that's my landing page, KathleenKlukeBook.com for the book and for the e-course. And we'll go from there. Yeah. Kathleen, thank you so much. I have really enjoyed this chat with you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Becky. It's been wonderful. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.